Amen and amen. Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to y'all. How are we doing this evening? We doing okay? Amen and amen. At this time, um, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 610. Hymn 610, The Joy of the Lord. Hymn 610, The Joy of the Lord. Your last strength, amen. Thank you for this afternoon. Lord, I just pray that you bless the um, the preaching. Lord, uh, the congregational singing. God, I pray that you bless the offering and everything else that is to come. Bless our uh, traveling, uh, those who are arri- will be arriving late and those who are going home tonight, Lord. And Lord, I just ask that once again that you'd bless. And I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, at, you sang so beautifully. You may sit on this next hymn, which is hymn 353, hymn 353. We can have the joy of the Lord if we're saved, amen. Hymn 353, hymn 353, save, save, save. Bye. 
saved by his power divine, saved to new life sublime, life now is sweet and my joy is complete, for I'm saved, saved, saved. Amen and amen. There you go. Quit bothering my sound oh, yeah, guy. Um, anyway, Bible Conference, Johnson Stewart, 17th. There's some sign-up sheets out here if you'll be here uh, for each of those nights because we're going to try to feed everybody. And then there's also another sign-up sheet for uh, bringing something. So please uh, uh, sign those up if you will, all right? Uh, also, uh, Sunday the 21st, we're going to have a combined uh, adult Sunday school. We'll, everyone will meet in here uh, for that morning, uh, since Brother Stewart's going to be here, we'll let him teach everyone, and so uh, I think we'll, that'll be something uh, we look forward to, so that's going to be on the 21st, so please, all those sign-up sheets and everything out there, uh, please make sure you do that. Got your bulletin? Y'all y'all not looking at them. It's got pictures and everything, okay? <laughs> so uh, just, uh, so we, uh, anyway, read that. that. It's all in there, and then of course the 21st is our Chili cook-off, all right? There are several names on there, several. In fact, there's a couple of names on there that uh, the person whose name is on there didn't write it. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, one of the initials that did write a name that wasn't on there is uh, Kerry Hartgraves, okay? If you just need his initials. So. Uh, but, you know, but we're going to have a good time with that. I've already, uh, I've already talked to one of our judges. Amen? So we got one. Amen. The others have declined. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't <laughs> talked to anybody else. But we'll get all that together, all right? So uh, don't forget about that. But that's a, that's a week uh, from this coming Sunday. So please mark that down. And, and please sign up on all of the sign-up sheets about that as well. Uh, men, I think we'll, it's supposed to be semi-warm uh, Saturday morning, 9.30. <clears throat> so... We talked about not going. Uh, is it supposed? Isn't it supposed to be like in the forties? Saturday morning. Somebody help me. Huh? Thirty-nine. Uh, let's 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 hold off, okay, man. Let's um, let's wait and uh, we'll see how it goes. I don't want to, you know. <clears throat> uh, we we've got some sissies in the church, so I don't want to. I want I don't want to mention any names again. But uh, his initials are Aaron Blair, all right? <laughs> so I uh, just wanted to throw that out there, you know. He's in there. He's not even paying attention. So uh, y'all can let him know in a minute. Anyway, but so let's wait. And uh, we need to order some more John Roman so we can put those out. But we got to make it up again. If it's warm the next week, we got to make up that, that amount because we, need to, we did 70 
almost 75 this past week, but we need to do at least 50-something every week, 52 weeks, in order to reach our goal of 2,400 this year. So, uh, but, so please be ready uh, for that in the future, all right, for the next week. But pray. I want to encourage you. Pray for our, uh, pray for our, our, our Bible conference. If the Lord really bless, the weather holds and everything. It may be a little cold outside, but it's, it's, as long as the roads are clear and everything, like they said, I think we'll be okay. Uh, also, another thing that will be in the uh, bulletin for this uh, Sunday is that we, I want to have a teachers' workers' meeting Saturday, January the 27th, all right? That will be following the um, uh, soul winning at 930. We're going to start at 1030, as close to that as we can, uh, because we need about an hour uh, for that to go over uh, several different things for the new year. Also, we want to try to get... In, talk about our VBS and things of that nature coming up. We've already got that scheduled. So that's that's January 27th at 1030. If you're a, a VBS volunteer worker or junior church a teacher or volunteer to help or a Sunday school teacher, I need to see everybody that Saturday the 27th, all right? If, uh, if there's something, uh, I haven't talked to all of our people about that. Uh, I don't think there might, if there, I don't think there's anything that would, uh, conflict with that but if so y'all let me know all right uh on your prayer sheet everybody have a prayer sheet if you need one just slip your hand up all right uh let, let's go ahead and and go through those i saw brother brother mark carwile he came by the church today and was doing i mean just he's walking around everywhere he's doing great miss barb of course was here sunday and uh, she was doing well so um please uh just keep them in your prayers. Again, with everybody that is on the uh, prayer sheet, I would like for you to pray for uh, Miss White's sister, Terry. She's having hip replacement surgery in the morning. So if y'all would please uh, uh, keep her in your prayers, I, I would certainly appreciate that, and I know she would as well. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Harmon. I haven't heard an update on him. He went into surgery this morning to remove part of his uh, colon and uh, something else, but uh, a polyp. So, but he's doing well. He's cancer-free. Uh, so everything is going good in that area. So uh, I pray that uh, I told would we would keep him uh, on our prayer list. So please continue to pray for him, as well as Brother Martin. Y'all, y'all remember Brother Bob Martin uh, preached for us several years in a row in our mission conference. He's in the hospital uh, with some type of infection. So. Um, They've done some blood transfusions and things like that to try to help him with that. So please uh, keep him in your prayers as well, all right? Uh, again, pray for our day Sunday. Lord helps have a good day. That's uh, uh, The cold weather not supposed to start till Sunday night. Amen? Another reason it's good to have service at Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock. Amen? So... Uh, uh, so anyway, so let's go to the Lord in prayer and, uh, and remember these. And please keep your prayer sheet and pray for these at home this week, all right? Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. And thank you for your, your grace and your mercy. I pray, Father, that, uh, God, that your hand of favor be upon Central Park. God, you said, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. And, Lord, I pray and I ask you, Lord, uh, for great and mighty things. I pray, God, that in 2024, Lord, that if you don't come back, that, God, every week, that, God, we'll see folks come, new people uh, that'll come and, and be a part of our worship, that they'll come and uh, folks will get saved, and, Lord, folks will follow you in baptism, and, 
and uh, folks will join the church. So I pray, Father God, that your hand of favor be upon Central Park this year as never before. God, you were good to us in 2023. We were able to accomplish uh, many things, Lord, in, in, uh, for the cause of Christ here, and I'm thankful for that. I pray, God, that everything that we do would bring honor and glory to your holy name. And, uh, Lord, I just thank you for what you're going to do this year. Help us, Lord, as we, uh, Lord, come to our Bible conference next week. We pray for good weather, Lord, where it, uh, the weather will not impede folks from being here, Lord. And uh, so, God, I pray that you'd be with Brother Stewart, uh, Lord, as he uh, talks to us about Lion's Den Christianity, about being steadfast. And, Lord, so please help him, God, and give him liberty as, as they come. And, Lord, give him traveling graces as they drive back and forth. I also pray, Lord, for these that we've mentioned to, tonight on our the prayer list. Lord, Terry, as she faces um, hip replacement surgery uh, tomorrow, Lord, or, uh, Lord, I pray that you be with her. Uh, God, I continue to pray also for Brother Gene Harmon, Lord, as he had surgery this morning. God, I haven't heard a, an update on him, but Lord, you already know the outcome of it. And pray, God, that you'd continue to be with him, heal him, Lord, in a miraculous way. Lord, we also pray a special prayer for Brother Martin, Lord, who's uh, also uh, in the hospital with some infection, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd heal him and be with him, Lord, in a special way. We also continue to pray for those that are recovering, Lord, from surgery. We thank you, Lord, for the good reports that we've seen in them, and we continue to pray for them, Lord, and ask your God to uh, be with them. Lord, we also pray for uh, little Sarah Merlo, God, in her legs. I haven't heard from Brother David as he, uh, Lord, uh, about his daughter and an update there. But again, we pray for her and ask you, God, uh, to be with her. Lord, we, we thank you, Father, for this place that you've given us to come and worship you, Lord. Thank you for the church, God, who comes as well and faithful in attendance. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bless them, uh, Lord, tonight and as uh, we listen to the, the preaching of your word. I pray, Father, that you'd uh, Lord, open our ears, open our hearts, Lord, that we'll listen to the Holy Spirit of God as you speak to us, Lord, tonight. And I pray, Father, that your hand will be upon us. Thank you again for our people. We pray, God, that you'd bless us this week. I pray, Father, that you'd help us to be witnesses, Lord, every day. Uh, Lord, may we uh, lift up the name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name. And you said, if I be lifted up, you'd draw all men unto myself. And so, Lord, we pray, God, that you'd please help us, Lord, to be that voice uh, in a wilderness in this old world, Lord, that uh, we might tell people about Christ. And then Sunday, if you don't come back before then, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd please bless with a, a wonderful, wonderful, spirit-filled day. May we see souls saved and folks added to this church, commitments, Lord, made for the cause of Christ, and we give you praise for that. Bless this offering, bless the gift and the giver, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. for you to join us in singing hymn 124, hymn 124, Kneel at the Cross.
Amen. Kneel at the cross, kneel at the cross, hymn 124, hymn 124. After this, please greet each other. Greet each other at the conclusion of this hymn. Kneel at the cross, Christ will meet you there. Come while he waits for you. up to uh, be a part of the meet and greet for the teenagers, amen, and, and the parents, and that's an exciting time that's going on there, and, and so uh, they're up there, and it feels like half the auditorium left with the parents with the teenagers, you know, uh, but we're awful glad that, that they're having this opportunity. Take your Bible tonight and open up to the book of Genesis. If you go to the book of Exodus, you went too far. If you went to... Uh, Anything else before that, you're not there. Genesis chapter 1. If you went to, uh, you know, uh, Concordance, that's the back. 
And if you went to your index, that's not it either. It's the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible. I just love having fun. I just, I'm a nut, but I'm screwed on the right bolt. Amen. Let's all stand in reverence and respect to the word of God. As we get, we're going to start with verse number one, and we're going to read about 10 minutes worth of scripture uh, here, and then we're going to leave. No, uh, we're going to start with verse one. Let's see how far we go. Are you ready? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this truth that we're about to learn. Thank you for giving us your word that teaches us so many things. Teach us, guide us, and direct us tonight as we look at your word and help us to know more about you as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. I want to talk to you on Genesis 1.1. That's all the further I want to go tonight, Genesis 1.1. There's a lot of things um, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. Um, so tonight's uh, Bible study, if you will, is, is simply things we can learn from Genesis 1.1. Some of these are going to be old ideas to you, and you've known them for a while. There may be some things that are new, and then you'll go, oh, wow, that is why, and hopefully some things like that will pop up to you. I love to read the book of Genesis. It covers the beginning of man. It's not the history of the Israelite people. It's not that. It is the history of all mankind. Uh, we all come from the same place and same people. There wasn't two Adams and two Eves. There wasn't George and Charlotte in the other room. It's Adam and Eve, and that was it. God created the first man and the first woman, and we all came from the same people. We're all made in the image and the likeness of one God. Not two gods, not three gods, not five gods, one God. You might want to turn this one off. It's not on? It is on. I'm going to take this off. All righty. So we don't know what's going on here? All right. That's fine. That'll work. At least I know what I'm doing. Amen. Or what I'm supposed to be talking at. All right. Uh, we all came from the same place, from the same God. We're made in the image and the likeness of God. I'm a person who doesn't like to call people by different races. Because there really isn't different races. We all came from the same place, the same people, one person, one race. You know what that race is called? The human race. We're not animals. We didn't come from animals. I didn't evolve. You didn't evolve. I'm not evolving now. In fact, the older I get, the more I, I'm not sure what's happening, but I'm going backwards. I know that. <laughs> I want to sleep more than I used to, and I want to eat more than I'm supposed to. And that, as you get older, that's what you want. Anyway, we all have the same common beginning. The earth was filled with, is filled with people groups, tribes, nations, people who all have a common beginning. As some would use the word race to cause division, the Bible reminds us that we're all one family. And there is no division. And there should be no division. Because we're one, one people, 
one created group made in the image and the likeness of God, and this should bring us into unity, not division, not confusion. By the way, the author of all confusion is Satan. It never has been God. So, as I was reading in verse number one at the beginning of the year 2024, I came across some thoughts that I'd like to share with you. Some, to me, are old, and they will be to you, as I said a few moments ago, and some may be new. And I hope that you can understand more about God and about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, about the Holy Spirit and his great power by what we see tonight. So number one, the first thing I see is the words God created. In the beginning, God created. The creator of all universe gives us something because he's created us. Are you ready? He gives us purpose. If you are not a created being and you just happened and were an accident, were a freak of nature. By the way, some of you are freaks of nature, but that is not what we're referring to. I know that I'm one of them freakish kind of people. But the truth is, is that's not what the truth is. God created us for a purpose, for a reason. Because God took the time to create us, he has a purpose for our life. God, as the creator of the universe, brings meaning and purpose to our personal existence. If there's no creator, then in turn, there'd be no reason or purpose for living. Humans have something inside them, and animals and plants, which are other creations of God, do not. A drive for a purpose. You have a natural God-given drive because he created us for a purpose. Animals have drives. They're base instincts, if you will. They're simple drives, and their drives are to reproduce, to eat. And that's pretty much the only reason they exist. They have no purpose. They have no other drives. They don't sit there and go, let's see. What can I do with my life? How can, how can I count? I'm a bear. Oh, I don't look much like a bear. Let me try this again. I'm a bear. Bears have no other reason. They want, you know what they want to do? They want to eat, reproduce, hide in the cave, and sleep. That's their purpose. They, at the end of their life, they don't go, what did I accomplish? Bees don't do that. Ants don't do that. Mosquitoes certainly don't do that. Flies don't do that. Moths don't do that. Butterflies don't do that. Dogs don't do that. Though I think many of us think our dogs do, but they don't. Cats, maybe. They go, how much trouble can I create? Well, I'm alive. <laughs> Nothing. Anyway. Uh, the fact is, and by the way, that's their purpose. To eat, reproduce, and that's it. In fact, I'm hungry right now, but that doesn't mean that I'm an You know, that's my purpose. We have some of that. We want to reproduce. We want to eat. We want to sleep. 
But we want something to count in between that. See, humans have a drive for a reason, for a purpose. We want to accomplish something. We want our lives to count. We, when we lose that drive, when we lose that purpose, when we lose that reason to live, we don't want to live. That's why suicides happen so often. People see no reason to live. I have no purpose. That's why suicides are skyrocketing amongst young people today because science and education is telling them that God does not exist and they have no real purpose. Why am I here? I bet, if I was a betting man, I'd bet, but I'm not a betting man, so I only bet a nickel. Um, every one of us at some point in our life has said, why am I here? What, is, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? All of us have said that. Why? Because God created us. Because he's created us, we have that purpose. Sometimes we don't know what that purpose is. But I can simply tell you what that purpose really is. Are you ready? It's a really simple purpose. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and all thy body. And love thy neighbor as thyself. If we'd do that, we'd start getting the gospel message out to everybody. And we wouldn't want anybody to go to hell. And it would end a lot of problems that we have on this earth because we'd be looking at life from God's perspective and not our own. Number two, it teaches me that God is self-existent. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God is self-existence. He has no beginning, and he has no ending. Everything is subject to a beginning except God. This morning, you got up out of bed. Hopefully, you got out of bed, rolled out of bed, jumped out of bed, fell out of bed, but you got out of bed. And your, your day began. One day... Your mother went to the hospital or got in a car and halfway to the hospital or in, 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 a, in a house somewhere and some dwelling someplace gave birth to you. Then the doctor slapped you and you started to have a beginning. Made you cry. Made your lungs function. Everybody has a beginning except God. Everything has a beginning except God. God always has been, always will be, and that's why Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the beginning and the ending. Why? Because he supersedes all of that. The, the beginning of all things and the end of all things that we see and know are all wrapped up in one thing. God, he made the beginning and he made the ending. If you were to study other religions of the world, you, you know what you would find? All religions, gods, small g, have a beginning. Muhammad, he had a beginning. Buddha, pot belly bug-eyed stone god, he has a beginning. Every god flies. They have a beginning. You say flies. Yeah, flies are gods. Didn't we learn that in Egypt? Haven't we learned that about 
uh, uh, trying to get out of Egypt. Every one of these plagues are against one of the gods of Israel. Flies. I could go on, but I'm not going to. All these gods have some beginning, every one of them. God doesn't. God has no beginning, our God. Oh, they, even time and, uh, and science, see, they all uh, have a beginning. Time has a beginning. God started time. In the day, in, uh, the night and the day were the first day. And the darkness and the light was the first day. Okay, it's there. Time. God created science. But science tries to prove there's no God. I'm going to explain that in just a second, though. Science tries to say everything came from a big bang. But that bang had to come from something. But God came from nothing. Because God always has been. This would mean that God... Was, was alive before there was time. And that God was alive before there was nature. And God was alive before there was science. God precedes nature. God precedes time. God precedes science. Thus, God is not limited by time. He's not limited by nature. And he's not limited by science. All those things are things he created. And the creator is not limited by that which he has created. Now, as a created being, I am limited by that which he has created. I am, cre- I am limited by what si- science. I'm limited by time. I'm limited by nature. But God is not. That's why there's no wisdom without God. And that is why there is no truth without God. That is why there's no knowledge Without God. What do you mean? Because God preceded all these things, so he created all these things. What did he create? Wisdom. He created truth. He created knowledge. He created understanding. He created correction. He created uh, um, uh, justice. He created love. He created judgment. He created every institution. There is nothing that God did not create. That's why God can do miracles and man can't. Think about that for a second. How can Mary, a virgin, have a baby? Because God is not limited by science. God is not limited by time. And God is not limited by nature because he's unlimited. And he can do all these things that science cannot do, nature cannot do, and time cannot do. Why could Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, still the storm, make 12 baskets full of fragments of fish and bread from just a few loaves and a couple fishes? That's why Jesus is God, because he could do these things. These were proofs to all the Israelites that this is the almighty God, the creator of all things. That's who Jesus is. And he did these things in front of them. We call them miracles. They're divine movements outside of time, nature, and science. That's why science can't figure out God. 
this God is outside of science. God defies science. God also defines science. God defies nature, but he also defines nature. God defies time, but God defines time. See, God's not limited by that which we're limited by. That's why Jesus could raise the dead. That's why after his resurrection, he walked through a wall. Because he's not limited by nature. That's why they could be on the road to Damascus and suddenly, boop, he appears. And then, boop, he's gone. Why? Because he's not limited by science, time, or nature. And I learned that. In this verse, verse 1 of the whole book of the Bible, in the beginning, God. God created. Why? Because he's not limited. By the way, that's why Jesus could walk on the water. And he let Peter walk on the water, but then Peter's faith in Jesus as being the great almighty God, wavered, and he started to sink. And Jesus just reached out and touched his hand, pulled him back up. Why? Because he's the great creator. Number three, this also teaches me there is one God and only one creator. There's only one God and only one Creator. The word created implies nothing pre-existed. The word God in Hebrew is Elohim. So nothing pre-existed God. The word Elohim is plural for the word God. Some would think that that means there's more than one God. But that's not true. How do you know? Because of the next word, in the beginning, God, then the word created. The word created is the Hebrew word, uh, which is uh, bara, B-A-R-A. It means to create something, absolutely something from nothing. In this sentence, it's singular, which makes the word Elohim singular, God. That's why there's no S there. God. One God. One creator. It doesn't say in the beginning God's created. Because in understanding language and understanding how things are written, we have that same thing in our English language. Sometimes we define a word whether it's plural or singular by the words in the sentence. Now, I'm not good at grammar, so I don't know how to tell you this, but God's good at everything, and he put it there just like we needed to see it, because there's something else that's going to come up in just a minute. See, man, uh, God created something out of nothing. The singular God, Elohim, one God created everything out of nothing. Man can't do that. We can't create something out of nothing. Man creates something from something else. We take some wood and we build a house. 
okay? Oh, we created a house. No, you built a house. You made this. Oh, we take this metal and we, we weld it to another piece of metal and we make these cuts in it and then we add an, a couple of bolts and nuts and screws and suddenly we got a we wheel that crank that we can crank that's going to move another piece that connected to another cog. You made that out of things that were already in existence. You did not create that. It's impossible for us as men, women, children to create anything. Can any of us, the Lord says, add one cubit to our stature? I know a lot of people that would like to add a couple cubits. Some folks would like to add hair. Some folks might even like to add good looks. It's hard to say. Some of us would like to take some of us away. You know, a little slimmer would be nicer. But the truth is we can't do any of that. We cannot do that. Everything we do is made from something else. Everything. We cannot take nothing and make it. So, only God can do this. Nothing else. So, in the beginning, God, from nothing, created light. Now, there's a bunch of people that will tell you the light already existed. He just cleared the way so that light could be seen. Are you a knucklehead in any other portion of your life? You just want to call God a liar. See, God is light, by the way. You know how I know that? Because Jesus said so. He said, I am the light of the world. So he's light. He made day out of nothing. And he made night out of nothing. By the way, the first day and the first night, there was no sun and no moon. But yet it was day and it was night. He made space, sky. His abode in heaven, he made all of that. He made the earth and the land. He made the ocean and the seas and the rivers and the streams. He made the flowers and the trees and the bushes. Uh, he planted food for us to put in the ground so that we could eat it. All of this he did before there was ever a sun in the sky. And scientists says that's impossible. And it is for us. But we're talking about the almighty God, the creator. He, and he is not limited by nature. We just talked about that. He's not limited by science. We just talked about that. Then he made the sun. Then he made the moon. Then he made the planets and the stars. He made the universe and placed all these in heaven. And then he called it, we call it space. And it's not the final frontier. He made the birds and all kinds of fishes, saltwater fish, freshwater fish. He made all the life in the sea. He made, uh, 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 he made whales in the sea. He made those little octopusy thingies in the sea that want to stick to everything in the world. He made the cows and the dogs and the cats and the bugs and the dragons and the mice. You said dragons, Brother Marco? Yes, there's dragons. They're still dragons today. They may not breathe fire, but they're dragons. They made the flies and the fleas and the horses and the camels and the sheep and all sorts of other animals. Then he made the, what I call the creepy things or the creeping things. They're kind of creepy to me most of the time. When all that was accomplished or nothing, God took a bunch of dirt. 
formed it in his image, breathed into that dirt, and there was a man. How could you do that? Listen, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I played in the dirt all the time. Anybody ever make a mud pie? And then give it to uh, playing with your sisters or something, and they made a mud pie, and they make you eat it? I just added dirt to the dirt that's already here. That's all I am is dirt that God breathed into. That's all you are. Look how complicated we are. How could we be an accident? How could it be something, oh, it just happened? I heard a story one time that a, Anyway, the scientist, way back uh, in, uh, um, it in uh, Greek, he was a Greek, and he made this machine, and he put all these cogs and everything together, and he made a, a planetarium of the sun and all the planets, and he put them in the proper distances, and he set it all together. And he had put it together so that as soon as you would go over to the side and turn the crank, it would all start to spin and move and revolve around the sun. And the scientist came up and he said, that's an amazing machine. And he said, can I try that? And he stepped back and he stepped up and This is amazing. He said, yeah, it just all kind of fell together. He said, what? He said, yeah, I just took a bunch of stuff from the upper floor and I threw it down on the, on the ground and boop, it all came together by itself. The guy said, no way. He said, yeah. He said, no, this is way too intricate. This is way too balanced. Everything is working in a, po- in a complete um, uh, um, uh, s- uh, sync. Everything is synced perfectly together. It's an amazing contraption that you've made. And he said, no, it just all fell together. He said, I'll never believe that. And he said, aren't you the guy that told me that God couldn't create anything? And that we all just came kind of the freaks of nature? And a scientist looked at him and said, well, He said, are we not much more intricate than this little machine that I made? And you say we just happened by accident. But no, there is a great creator behind all of this. And the atheist scientist went, wow, I never thought of that. Why? Because God created everything out of nothing. And see, then this is the other part of the word Elohim. Elohim. This is where I think it comes into play. God, the Trinity. The Father, Son, and Spirit are all involved with one thing, creation. They're all there. We see the Father, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 12, if you have your Bible. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse number 12. 
Jeremiah, sorry, doesn't mean to wake you up, but Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse number 12. He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom. And has stretched out the heavens by his discretion. God, the Father, has done this. That is what Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse number 12 is talking about. It's talking about the great, our heavenly Father, the Creator. Now, if you still have your Bibles, look in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 2. And the earth was without form and void. Emptiness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, notice that capital S there? That's the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit moved upon the face of the water. Who's that? Holy Spirit. This isn't God the Father and God the Son. They're not separate gods. They're one God with three separate personalities, three separate responsibilities. The Holy Spirit has a different responsibility. Part of his responsibility is convict man of their need to be saved, to convict them of their sin, of justice and judgment. That's what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit's job is to teach you and I, guide you and I, comfort you and I, until God uh, uh, sends Jesus back for us. He's the center of all the work that we do in the church. The Holy Spirit is. So we see he's in creation too, didn't we? So now we have the Father. Now we have the Spirit. Now turn over to John chapter 1. You knew it was coming. John 1 and verse number 1. We're going to read more than just verse 1. Verse 1 and uh, through 4 is where we'll start. In the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god make sure you don't miss this that's what he's saying here i want you to make sure you grab this so verse two is reminding us this is it the same was in the beginning with god who the word all things were made by him And without him, without who? The Son, Jesus Christ, the Word, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So what was the light there in heaven? Jesus. What will be the light in New uh, Jerusalem? Jesus. We'll need no sun. We'll need no moon. There, the Bible tells us very plainly, the light is God himself, who is Jesus as well. Not one, God the Father. Not one, God the Son. Not one, God the Spirit. One God, Father, Son, and Spirit. fact look at John 1 14 and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth 
Now turn over to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I don't want you to trust me. I want you to trust the Bible. John 10 and verse number 30. I and the Father are 14. 23. 4. 3. 2. 87. 1. That's what he said. I and the Father are one. How many gods? One God. In the beginning, who? God. Elohim, Father, Son, Spirit. They're all together in doing what? Creating everything. That's the Bible truth. I'll not take more time to this. It's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? Number four. Because God created, it teaches me that creation, are you ready, is not sexual. Now, I know there's no kids here, so I'm saying this because there's no kids here. What does that mean, Brother Mark? Or in other words, God did not bring a God into existence or became a God from an offspring of some other God. That's how false gods come. Think about all the gods that were being worshipped in, in Greece. They all came because this god had this child, and this god did this, and got along with this god over here, and they created thunder, and then they created light, and then they created Jupiter. These are all gods that they supposedly created up there. But see, this teaches me that the Almighty God... In the beginning, God, singular. It's not sexual. He was never told to multiply and replenish anything. He always has been and always will be. God is beyond nature. That's why all of humanity uh, and, their, and their gods that they make, their tribes and their religions and, their, and all the things they do, like they worship the sun and the moon and the trees and uh, sky and bugs and the list can go on and on, are all things that came from something else. The moon and the sun, where did they come from? God. He created them. Only thing that didn't come from something else? God. Even Paul understood this. I want you to turn your Bible to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Oh, the clock stopped. I thought I had a lot more time. I'm almost out of time. In chapter 17, verse 22, we're going to read through 22 through 25. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore in, uh, ignorantly, you ignorantly worshipped, him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither does he worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, 
seeing he giveth to all life and bringeth all things. Out of their ignorance, they knew there was something because even nature itself declares that there's a great creator. And he teaches us there. So just in this one verse, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We find out all sorts of things, don't we? We find that he's above all gods, all religions, all people. He's not limited. He's not limited. He can do the impossible because he is God. He can... I'm out of time, so I need to skip some things here. What do you need in your life? Do you need something that's impossible? Most of us do. See, only God can bring the impossible, like a virgin to have a baby, or an old woman who's 90 years old to have a baby, or parting a Red Sea, or healing of a leper, or making the sun to stand still, or feeding a 5,000, or paying fishes, uh, taxes with a fish. Can you imagine how you would go to, okay, this is tax month, property taxes, take a fish and see what they do. Only he can uh, bring a daughter and raise her from the dead, and have oil flowing from no source, die on a cross and pay for your sins and rise again from the dead. Find me someone. Who needs something that's impossible. And I'll tell you who can do it for you. God. Because that's what they kept doing to Jesus. What did they keep coming to Jesus asking to do? The impossible. Oh, he turned water into wine. The same stuff you'd wash your feet with at the party. They emptied out all that dirty water, put it in a new pot, or put new water in those pots, and suddenly, boop, it became wine. Well, let me explain it to you. No, no, that's what happened. He turned the river into blood. They dug around the river, and it was blood. They dug in other places to get water, and it was blood. You know what it was? It wasn't red. It wasn't the berry that got into the water. It was God doing that which is impossible. All of us need something. All of us need something that we need from God. We need some, God to do something in our lives. Maybe it's to cause us to become more excited about the Word of God. Maybe it's to cause us to understand more of the Word of God. Maybe it's to, to cause us to want to walk in faith more. Maybe it's because we need something in our life done. Maybe we need something that we cannot seem to get. Maybe there's a problem at your job or at your school or at your home or with your spouse. I was talking to somebody in our church recently. They were having a problem with somebody. And they were really upset. And I said, why don't you just do this? Pray for them. Well, what's that going to do? The impossible. See, prayer's an impossible thing. How can created man talk to an almighty God and expect God to do something for them? Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall knock and it shall be. Call unto me and I will. I might not answer thee. That's not what it says. Call unto me and if, if, you, if you say the right words politely enough, 
I may answer your prayer. But probably not because you're just dirt. Is that how God treats you? No, not at all. Why? Because he's the almighty God. And he says to you and me, I give you the authority to come into my throne room and ask anything you want. In fact, I'm going to give you some warrants. I'm going to pay for your sins. And then I'm going to make you a part of my personal family. I'm going to become your daddy. I'm your daddy, your papa, your abba, your father. And he says to you and I, what do you need? What's your purpose? We say, I'm not sure. Then you have a need, don't you? What are you here for? You're not here to play video games. Amen? You're not here to play with AI. Idiot always. What are you here for? You're here to walk with God and tell others of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I can't. I'm shy. I'm scared. Then I guess you need the impossible, don't you? How many have enough money? You, you have enough money forever and ever? Sure, sure. I know this. I know my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I can go to him and he'll supply anything I need. If he could take care of the sparrows, which he does, he promises to take care of you and me, doesn't he? So what is it that you need that's impossible? God says it's not impossible. In the beginning, God, trust him with everything in your life today. Father, thank you for the simple truth we've learned. Holy Spirit, make it come alive in our life. Help us to walk in your truth and apply it in a way that your name would be magnified and glorified. Now, Lord, you take and you use this message in the hearts of your people as you see fit for them in their lives. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I know this wasn't a sermon. It was simply a, a study. But if God spoke to your heart, the altar is open. Mm -hmm.